0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Rising Father Podcast. I am Chris Rodak. This is episode six, and we're talking about being intentional about making memories. So this is on my mind because we're in kind of vacation planning mode at our house. We're booking some little trips we've got with some friends. We've got a five-day trip planned, and we've got a camping trip planned with some other friends, and those are kind of smaller trips for us. And then we also want to have something big something that our kids are going to talk about for years to come. We had a huge trip a few years ago, um, for us at least, and we went to the mountains. We were jumping off waterfalls. We were going on long hikes for about two weeks, and it was an amazing time. Our kids referenced that trip over and over again. So I want to give them something like that, something they can really latch on to. So when I'm thinking about making these trips, I'm really thinking about What can I do, what can I make for them that they're gonna remember for the rest of their life? That when they're my age, when they're 34 years old, they can look back and say, man, I remember doing that with my dad, with my mom, with my sister. I remember going on that hike. I remember going on that roller coaster. I remember swimming in that ocean. I remember when that one thing happened that was so great, that was so funny. I remember what it smelled like, what it tasted like. That whole week was just a blast and it's so vivid. I wasn't on the screens at all. It was just me and my family having an amazing time. Even the car rides were great. That's what I want to recreate for my family because that's what our life is. Our our life is just the memories that we have. We're existing right now and we're here in the present moment. But when we think back to who we are and, you know, obstacles that we've overcome and personality traits, they all kind of derive from the memories we have of situations we've been in. You know, my son made a art project at school. And I think the art project was something like draw the four biggest moments of your life. And two of those moments were intentional activities that we did with our kid for the purpose of giving them great memories. One of them was we went to Tennessee for a week and we took them into the mountains. We went on this long. This is when my kid was, I think, five or six. So we went on this long, like hour and a half hike. And for a five-year-old, it was rough. We were going over streams, crossing boulders. He was hanging off the side of this steep kind of mountain face. It's not—it wasn't like up a thousand feet, but it was the side of a mountain that was next to a stream. So he was like, you know, on his tippy toes for a little bit. So it was scary for him. Um, safe and everything, but scary and memorable. So it took us an hour and a half to get to this oasis so we go we're hiking for an hour and a half we go up this cliffside, and then we see this like 300 square foot pool it's like it was like a, a pristine lagoon at the bottom of this waterfall and it wasn't totally packed because you had to work to get there now there was you know college kids older some older people there swimming jumping off the waterfall taking pictures but not too many people because it definitely took work to get there so we hiked for an hour and a half Um, Finally got to this pool. We started swimming around. And then this waterfall has like a ledge that's about 15 feet up. And some people are jumping off. They're all like 20 plus. So the ledge was like 15 feet up. And you jump into a pool that's about five, six feet deep. So shallow enough to where I could stand at that point. So I go up. I jump off a couple times. Nathan's watching me swimming around. And I say, hey, Nathan, let's go up there. So we go up in the water. The water's splashing all over us. You know, he took a couple pictures up there. He's letting the, the whole waterfall is just falling on his head. He's loving it. He's, you know, like I said, five or six years old at this point. And then he goes up to the ledge. I say, hey, you want to jump off? He goes, sure. Boom, jumps off without me even like prepping him. My wife got it on video. So he jumps off this waterfall, 15 feet, jumps into the water, starts treading water, swimming. He's fine, having a blast. So I jump off after him, grab his hand. We go to the side and he is just beaming. He's just overjoyed. You could see it in his eyes. He was so proud of himself. And that moment was one of those moments that he drew on his art paper. And the whole reason he did that was because I said, man, this would be an awesome moment for him to remember. I want him to experience something that he's afraid of and then do it and then remember how good it feels that you did it. So he was afraid to jump off. He jumped off. And then he felt good. So since he has that memory of doing that, he can apply that to situation after situation. And that was one of his most important moments on his art project. So we were intentional about giving him that experience. Another thing he had on his art project was uh, winning a jujitsu tournament. And that's another thing that we did intentionally. So we want our kids to have this great experience. We want them to get used to overcoming obstacles and challenges and working hard and has a the feeling of you know someone kneeling on your chest and trying to choke you and you getting out of it and choking them back and you know kids jujitsu it's all safe but it's it can be an intense experience so he did he did the jujitsu tournament he won gold for a second tournament and he had that as his second most important moment of his entire life so he now has these defining memories that he can look back on And think, that's who I am. I'm the kid who was scared to jump off the waterfall and jumped off it. I'm the kid who went into the jiu-jitsu tournament, didn't even place in my first one, and then got a gold medal on the second one. So I'm a gold medal kid. I'm a jump-off-the-waterfall kid. Now, if we were lazy about it, if we were lazy about taking him places and doing these things, none of those memories would have happened. But we were intentional about it. We said we want him to have these experiences so we're going to plan things we're going to invest money we're going to invest time we're going to drive him there you know we're going to book the hotel we're going to do all these things so that he can have that experience same thing for my daughter she's doing ballet now she also jujitsu. for her some of her defining moments are being in ballet it's feeling like a princess she loves to sing so my wife has her at our local church. She's going to be leading all these Easter services with a kids choir. She's in the front row singing her heart out. She said, whenever I'm older, I want to be on stage singing. So she sees herself as a singer. So we're putting her in these situations where she's going to be successful and where she's going to have these identity-defining moments and memories where she can look back and say, that's who I am. I'm the girl who's on stage singing. I am you know i am the gymnast i'm the ballet person that's who i am so giving them memories that they can look back on and help craft their own identities not everything has to be a lesson though either that's kind of what i'm talking about right now it's you know doing these things for a purpose for a lesson there's also just value in having a visceral just really vivid memory where you can go back and smell the smells where you can taste the tastes you can it's almost like you're there again i remember being as a young child when my grandma was still alive i remember spending the night at her house waking up in a huge bedroom to me it was massive with all old wood floors is getting up in the morning i can still feel what the wood felt like under my feet i remember what the creaking sounded like i remember looking over at the bed next to me seeing my brother sleeping and Just feeling the creaks and being like, oh my goodness, I hope I don't wake them up. And then just being overcome with the smell of French toast, which because of this memory is probably why it's my favorite breakfast food. But I remember just smelling this amazing French toast, coming down the stairs, looking into the kitchen and seeing my grandma in an apron, whipping up this full, magical breakfast just like French toast with powdered sugar on top, eggs, bacon, orange juice, everything out on the table, just smiling, hair done. She must've been up for hours. She looked just perfect in the kitchen, making this full breakfast for us. And you know, my grandpa was there happy with her and I just was up a little bit early, sawing them prepare this huge breakfast for us. But the thing I remember most is just the smell of the French toast. It's so clear to me. I can just like go back and sense it. What I don't remember is watching TV. I don't remember any movies. I don't remember looking at a phone. I remember looking at an iPad. I don't remember any screens. I remember all of my physical bodily senses. I remember what I saw. I remember what I heard because she was singing to herself in the kitchen. I remember most of all what I smelled and I remember tasting it. I remember going down there waiting for everyone else to wake up and come down and just eating together at the table and then being so excited for the day. Just as a little kid, you know, I, the, as the the adults in the in the in the house were probably, you know, just a normal day. Grandkids are over, make it fun for them, but not a big deal. But for me, as a young kid, everything was magical. It was, man, I can't wait to go outside and rollerblade on the driveway. It's like, man, that's gonna be so much. Today's gonna be awesome because I get to go outside and rollerblade on the driveway. It's like, man, I can't wait to go in the backyard and play catch with my brothers. I can't wait to just take a walk around the neighborhood with my grandparents. It was like, man, today's going to be an awesome day because of those things. And as, as adults, we just take those moments for granted. It's just, yeah, that's what we're doing today with our kids. But as a kid, those things were the most magical, awesome things I got to do. Part of me worries um, with how many screams our kids get these days that some of that magic might be leaving now that might not be true at all it's just a worry that i have that the the magic they see on screens is becoming more real and magical than real life you know the the shows they see that are in 4k and 3d they can put on headsets now you know the things they see there are more real and vivid than these memories that they could be making part of me worries about that which is why we limit screens a ton at our house because um, I want them to have those real memories. But I think that's a problem. And I know from interacting with tons of kids I see all the time that you can tell the kids who are just as soon, you know, are on iPads and screens 18 out of the 24 hours of the day. They're just, you know, they're zombies. They can't communicate. They can't look you in the eye. For them, life is digital. They're already in the metaverse. You know, For them, it's just all the inputs are given to them. They're already in that metaverse, that digital world. And that scares the heck out of me. I do not want my kids to to grow up in that world and to be part of that. I want them to have the real life. I want them to have the real thing. What we do, what I'm doing now is we have these trips planned in the summer. And I'm thinking about, I'm already making lists. So these trips are three, four months away. So I already have lists in my Google Drive about, what can i do to make these trips memorable that's the title of these documents it's camping trip things i can do to make it memorable and i remember from our last camping trip the things that they loved was taking walks late at night with headlamps on so i have that written down i'm going to take walks with my son and daughter late at night with headlamps on they loved it when i ran around late at night and just chased them so they went off into the darkness and I had my headlamp on and I just ran around chased them scared them a little bit so we're going to do that I'm even if some of you know them don't tell them this but I am going to get some type of Halloween mask and really scare the shit out of them and maybe I'll videotape it but hopefully I don't make it a traumatic moment but I want them you know hey I want it to be memorable last time we went camping we went to this prison in West Virginia and walked all the way through it and the Tour guide was telling some gruesome stories, and my kids were kind of scarred for life. But it was at the West Virginia Penitentiary. It was an awesome trip, but the tour guide enjoyed l- looking at my kids' faces as he told these stories. So we're making these lists. So I got the the night walks, the night chases. I remember last time we were there. Last time we were there, we said, "Man, I wish we had a telescope." So I went out and bought a telescope from Aldi, just a cheap one that would that's good enough for right now. Luckily there's no internet service data anything out there. You can't use your cell phone at all. So it's going to be 4 days of just no cell phone, spending time with each other. We got some friends coming with us. I said on my list stories. So I'm going to come with like 10 great stories to tell. I want there to be laughing. I want there to be stories. I want there to be great food. All the I'm trying to cover all the senses. So I'm making sure that we're going to plan ahead, have great food packed. We're going to we're gonna grill some steak over the fire. Gonna have plenty of snacks for the kids. Have board games for the adults, card games, board games for the kids. Last time we went, we waked up, we woke up really early, took a walk at sunrise in the woods, and just picked up, you know, nuts and seeds. And we're looking, the kids were jumping off the the logs. So we're gonna wake up early and do that. We're gonna go on hikes. So I'm just trying to make this really detailed list. Of Things I can do on this camping trip that'll make it memorable and really just try to hit all the senses at once As many as I can just try to hit every single scent that I can we're going on a slightly longer trip Down to another part of the country, and it's gonna be you know six to eight hour car ride So same thing I'm planning ahead. I'm saying what do I want to do in the car to make those times memorable memorable? I remember being in the car with my family, you know driving on vacations, those were some of the most fun parts of the vacation. You know, no one at that point when I was younger, no one had cell phones or anything, or iPads and watching movies in the car. It was just—I remember sitting in the back of our station wagon, looking out the window, and with my brother, just looking at every single car that drove by and saying, "Man, what if you had that car? Which car do you like better—the red car or the blue car? Oh, if you had the blue car, how much do you think that costs?" or we'd have like a an auto trader magazine and we'd be looking at the corvette that drove by and guessing how much it was and looking at auto trader or we'd say i spy and look at the you know i spy something red and do that or in the winter time i don't know if any of you ever did this but in the winter time we'd have our windows be covered in ice and we would just rub our finger back and forth on the window And make the ice melt from the friction. Because it would just heat up. And then we'd have like melted ice races. And hey, it was a science lesson too. We could file these under things you did before you had technology. But I remember it. If I had, you know, an iPad back then. And I was just watching Disney movies for eight hours straight. I I guarantee I wouldn't be able to tell you what movies I watched. But I can remember doing these things. I can remember sitting in the back of our station wagon again. With my brothers. And... Just my dad acting goofy in the front and just cracking up and laughing. We were interacting. We were talking. At a lot of times, we were fighting. There's a lot of us. I come from a big family. And when are all packed in a station wagon. Sometimes, yeah, there's fighting too. But at least we were interacting with each other, with humans. So I'm trying to be really intentional about these vacations we have coming up and making it a point to give us experiences and situations where we are going to be able to remember things where my kids are gonna be able to say, yeah, when we were in the car going to Texas, I remember when this happened. I remember sitting next to my sister and she was cracking me up because we were playing this game. Oh it was so much fun when we were driving down, we were doing this. I remember being, you know, in Texas and we were next to the river and this happened. I remember at this restaurant we ate this food. You know, I want them to be able to have all these detailed vivid memories and it's, it's not just going to happen by chance. I'm going to do what I can to make sure that they have that experience. And that's not to think that, don't be mistaken and think that everything we do is planned out because that's the opposite of the truth. And you know, my wife would tell you that too. We are very spontaneous, fly-by-the-seat-of-our-pants people on vacations. I'm the, I do not like to have everything planned out. What I'm talking about planning things out is like, On the car ride, we're gonna play I Spy and blank and blank and blank. Not like, okay, we get to Disney World at 12, at one o'clock we're on this ride, at 1.30 we're on this ride. That's not what I'm talking about because that sounds like a nightmare to me. On every one of our best vacations, they've always been, okay, we go to this place. Hey, we wanna stay a couple extra nights? Sure, let's stay a couple extra nights. And then, hey, you wanna check out this park, this national park? Sure, let's go there. And then we hear about something else and then we go there. We are not scheduled out people for our vacations because that is the opposite of fun time to me. We try to be as relaxed as we possibly can, and just let things flow. And not everything can be planned out. You know, we had a freak snowstorm out here in Pittsburgh last week, and we grabbed the kids, bundled them up, went out into the woods, and just played in the snow for an hour and a half. We went out into the forest by our house, and we're just out there for an hour and a half, walking through, looking at the sun coming through the through the trees. Uh, my kids were playing like Ogre and Troll, and that wasn't planned out at all. We just kind of took advantage of the moment, and that's what happens a lot on our vacations is we'll just be driving around, see something cool, stop in there because it'll be a fun thing to do. Hey, you want to stay a couple extra days? Sure. Let's stay a couple extra days and find something cool to do. It can be a big stress reliever whenever you're not that planned out on your vacations, and you have the flexibility to just kind of stay a couple extra days if you want. So, you can go into these events with your families, vacations, or even small trips with the intention of being intentional, with the intention of making memories, and not be crazy, high stress, and scheduled about it. You know, just go in with the knowledge that, all right, I want us to remember things, I want us to remember this trip. I want us to remember every meal. I want us to look back and not have to look at our phones to see these pictures to remember what happened. I want the pictures to be in our head. If you've ever read the book The Giver, um, it's kind of like that. It's an awesome book. We had to read it in school. But it's kind of an apocalyptic future where there's no sexes. So there's like basically no boys and girls. Everyone has to take pills so they're not attracted to each other. Everything is black and white. There's no taste, no smells, there's no weather. So it's like a nightmarish future. But whatever the reason was, I can't remember exactly, whoever was in charge made the world or this part of the world where everything was black and white, no taste, no smell, no attraction, because it was safer. That was the reason, because it was safer for everyone. And there was one guy they called The Giver, and he was given all these memories, all the memories of what the world used to be like. He held them somehow. And he could kind of like download them into himself. He had this resource where he could see all these memories. So he was the only one who, who knew what color looked like, who knew what smells were, who knew what it was like to make love. Um, he, had these, he had these specific examples of you know, getting stung by a bee. Um, Of making love to a woman of eating food that tasted great of being in a field of flowers So everyone else was living this like gray horrible life of just nothingness just bland because it was basically like to protect people from getting offended They had they made everything just blah but this one guy was the keeper of all the memories and At any time he could just access these memories of what life used to look like he's an old guy and then he They had to find someone else to basically be his mentee. So there's this kid who comes around and they choose this kid to be the next giver. So the book shows this guy mentoring this kid and him experiencing these things for the very first time. So he stopped taking his pills at home. So he started to get attracted to girls and he started to taste food for the first time. He got stung by a bee for the first time. Um, He saw what war was like. And it was just these vivid memories that after he experienced them, he could just access in his brain at any point. So, because he was able to find these memories, he could tap into his own brain. And he just became so disgusted with the way the world was that he just, he, you know, kind of got depressed a little bit. He wished the world was the way it used to be, not bland, not blah. It was okay for people to get a little offended, it was okay for people to, you know, get angry, you know, be passionate with each other. And he kind of wished the world was that way. So if you haven't read The Giver, I highly recommend it. Around us, it was one of those mandatory school books. And I'm glad it was because that was a great one. And I want it to be the same thing for our kids. I want our kids to be able to tap into these memories that they have of accomplishments, of fears, of overcoming obstacles. And not just like that from the education point, I want them to be able to tap into these vivid memories of sense, of smells, of tastes, of touch, of sight, to be able to really go back in time almost like, almost like it's a virtual reality but in their own brain. So really working hard to create these memories for them that they have because the more memories that you have that you can tap into, the more full of a person you are. If you can think back to... You know, man, I remember what it was like when I was at Tennessee for that week. I remember the hike. I remember jumping off that waterfall. I remember struggling and then paying off. I remember being scared and overcoming. Or, you know, man, even if you're you're a a fully, fully grown adult right now, thinking back to, man, I remember that first week with my wife when we very first met, how passionate we were. You know, let's get that back. I remember how beautiful she was the very first time I saw her. Let's get back there. You can get back there because you have that extremely vivid memory to go back to. You have that memory to reference. So the more we can do that for our kids, the more they can basically have real life. The more memories you have to reference, the more real life you have. So going into the summertime when it's vacation time and you're creating these experiences for your kids that they're going to have for a lifetime. You know, when your kids are fully grown and have their own kids and they're telling their kids about their vacations as children, they're gonna be telling them about what you're about to do this summer. So think about it like that before it begins. All right, I wanna create some stories that my kids can tell twenty years from now. What can we do? You know, let's just not to do the same old thing. Go to that same old lake house, you know. Hey, maybe you have a lake house and have awesome memories there, keep doing it. But You know, if it's it's a tired old place that everyone's tired of, then maybe do something a little different this year. Or maybe go to that same old place, but just plan some intentional memory-making activities. Like, all right, we are going to live it up this year. We're going to eat the best food. We're going to do the most fun activities. We're going to change it up a little bit this year. But go into this summer with the intention of making memories and being the biggest badass dad you can.